Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we aim to inspire you, to connect you with like-minded colleagues, to innovate and push you out of your comfort zone, to create robust debate, to encourage lifelong learning, and to empower you to create more impact as a dietitian. My name is Marie Ferguson and I'm the founder and director of Dietitian Connection and I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past and present. And I'm so excited and it's with great pleasure that I'm welcoming today's podcast guest, Jenny Westerkamp. Um, Jenny is the founder of All Access Dietetics and it's such an organisation that I'm just so immensely excited by and it's really the place to be for aspiring dietitians. Since Jenny started All Access Dietetics as an RD2B in 2009, which I think is incredible, Um, The organisation has helped thousands of students apply to dietetic internships, pass the RD exam and launch their careers. And I think Jenny must not sleep, but uh, she also works as a sports dietitian and she's in her fifth season as the team nutritionist for the Chicago Bulls and previously worked for the Chicago Blackhawks and Chicago Cubs. So welcome and thanks so much for joining me today, Jenny. Hi, Marie. Thanks for having me. And yes, I do sleep (laughs) pretty well. (laughs) But uh, I have a great team behind me. So that's that. That's how that happens. (laughs) Nothing gets done without a team. So that's that's fantastic. So I'd like to just get started by why did you actually choose to become a dietitian back in the day? I love telling the story because when I was um, really in college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so, um, but I was going back to like, what did I like growing up? What did I enjoy doing as a, as a kid? And the, the one thing was food. Like I love food and I love Doritos specifically. Doritos are like a snack food. <laughs> um, and so I thought, okay, I'll be a food scientist. And that's how I really got into even the food world in general as a career. Then in my uh, college, they had a food science, human nutrition major. And once I was exposed to, to human nutrition and that side of things, I knew that was definitely where I wanted to be. And then I knew I wanted to do sports uh, once I, you know, researched the field and figured out, okay, sports is where, what would make me the most happy within the nutrition space. Why sports, Jenny? Sports. Well, I have five brothers and a big part of my culture of of my family was sports. We grew up, we played sports. I had uncles that played college sports, cousins, my brothers, two of my brothers played college sports. It was just very much ingrained. And I really, you know, I, I wasn't athletic myself, but I knew I wanted to help and be in that world. I also grew up in the 90s where the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan were a huge part of my childhood. And so I knew like that was going to be a dream job for me um, to be able to work for a sports team. Mm. So how once you graduated as a dietitian, how did your career unfold then and how did you sort of get into that sports arena? Well, I feel like my career started as a student, which is kind of a piece of advice I want to share. Like you don't have to wait to get your RD to start getting experience, exploring the field. So I, I, once I knew I switched into the nutrition major dietitian was going to be the the route. And then I immediately tried to get experience. And that's when I was able to connect with the Chicago Blackhawks dietitian um, who lived nearby in in the suburbs of, of Chicago, where I'm from. And she offered me an internship 
I was able to work with her, get that experience as I was a student. And then, you know, minus all the details came back and she hired me when I became a dietitian. So I immediately, my first job, it was part-time, but it was helping the Chicago Blackhawks dietitian. And then from there, you know, things just sort of, once you're kind of in the the sports, you have that on your resume, you can start to build and gain your credibility. Um, so from there, then I, I got into the Chicago Cubs uh, position after spending four years with the Chicago Blackhawks, got into the Chicago Cubs and then into the Chicago Bulls from there after two years with the Cubs. Mm. And how did you get that first internship? Because I think that is a really important piece of advice to share to RDs to be, yeah, how do you go about getting that sort of first open door? Because as you said, that then opens other doors. Right. Well, my approach. Uh, was I put the email subject line, I want your life, exclamation point, exclamation point, because I knew, well, first you have to, to get someone's attention, right? You have to be different. You have to stand out. I know for me personally, I'm approached by students at least once a week, if not more, um, to where they want to be my my intern. And, you know, it's not just, hey, can you, uh, I would love to learn from you. Can I be your intern? It's no, you have to sell yourself. You have to market yourself. You have to show enthusiasm. You have to be specific. So I think when reaching out to her name is Julie Burns, who's the Chicago Blackhawks dietitian. I had that very, uh, you know, eye catching email subject. And then I explained all the the strengths that I had uh, that I could help her with her business I had an office administrator position in high school. I, I pulled that in. I said I could babysit her triplets. I could walk her dog. I, I would do anything and I would give value to her. Not like I'm emailing her asking for her, her time for free um, because she's busy. All dietitians are very busy. So if I were to talk to a student, I would say, show how you can give value and also show your enthusiasm specifically for them, not just for any dietitian, and then just show how their life could be better um, with you helping them. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think showing how you can actually add value um, and not being what's in it for me, but how can you actually give value to the other person is so important. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of people want your life now. Um, <laughs> so can you tell us like a little bit of maybe just the sports side at this point, um, what a day in the life looks like uh, when you're working with Chicago Bulls? Yeah, well, first, I can guarantee someone listening to this will email me with that subject line, <laughs> which happens every time. But uh, but yeah, the the Bulls and that job. So what's really exciting and what uh, I love about it is I'm essentially tasked with planning, creating, planning, executing the nutrition program for the team. And what the the team is only about 15 players plus or minus, you you know, we have some extra guys throughout the year, but it's nice because it is very, it's a very small world. So I plan, I have like three different buckets that I focus on. I focus on um, the food service side of things at home uh, when they're at home practicing or home games so I'm working with our chef, who's also a dietitian, which is wonderful. And we collaborate on uh, recipes, you know, different menu planning and different things that we want to have available as part of the food service for any team provided meals at home. And then uh, I also plan the away food, meaning the food that they uh, eat at the hotels, in the plane, in the arena before games on the road. So I'm overseeing all of that. And everything is kind of under my, I guess, quote, control uh, with that. So that just is really helpful because I know that everything that they're getting from from the team is approved by me and planned out. 
From there, uh, then kind of the next bucket besides food service is education. So I send out uh, nutrition tips and suggestions and advice two to three times a week through our group messaging. Uh, so I'm constantly educating them, reminding them of different rules that they kind of need to follow, you know, hydration rules or what to have before a game. And then, um, and that kind of covers the education side. And then uh, I guess the next bucket would be our fuel station. And so that is where I have a, an intern who is an RD to be that runs the fuel station operation, which is like hand, uh, distributing smoothies, supplements, anything that's a part of their performance protocol that I've created for each player. And that she helps me execute that. So even if I'm not at every single practice, she's able to um, provide that. So all the players are getting what they need on a consistent basis. And I think that covers it. I will say like part of the per performance plan, I'm meeting with those players individually, getting them all set up and doing that counseling side of things. Um, but in summary, I would say it's very well-rounded. It's very much food service, community, clinical, all wrapped into one in a very small, unique setting, right? Where I'm, I'm not so much helping them grocery shop, I'm helping them talk to their personal chefs or, you know, getting them set up. So it's just kind of this different world, but it's the same ideas of helping people just be consistent and um, use nutrition to their advantage. And has COVID impacted any of those aspects in any way over the last few years? It has. We've had to change up the way we do food service. So instead of allowing meals and buffets where the team eats together, we've had to transition to uh, to-go meals where then I'm just thinking about what foods would reheat better in one um, in one container and uh, and if they're not going to eat it right away, what would uh, what would still hold up well? So so things like that that we've had to tweak with the food service. And then yes, I do have specific protocols uh, around immunity and um, things that they can take during um, the time that they may get COVID. I mean, everyone on our team that's public knowledge has, has gotten it. So, um, or except for maybe two people, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just incorporating those, those types of protocols then into, into the, the performance plan. Mm, cool. Thanks for sharing your day in the life there. Um, so that's sort of the one side of what you do, but I'd like to now go back to how you, how all access dietetics began and particularly at the age of 21, being an RD to be, you know, just graduating, um, you know, it's now known as all access dietetics, but was all access internships at the time. So tell us a little bit about how that all started. Sure. So the the first kind of moment was when I was in the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics student forum that they had at the time. Uh, no Facebook groups or anything at that, at that point. But we, I had met this other RD to be Katie Proctor, and she and I just connected. You know, just like you would networking. I know people make Instagram friends now. It's kind of like that. And uh, she and I discussed, you know, how there needed to be more support and there needed to be like a better way to search and filter dietetic internships. So it was really us together. We uh, decided to do this business and we hired, we, we brought on a website developer as a partner of the company because we had no money to pay, <laughs> to pay for one. And so it was us three that really built the, the website over the summer after I graduated from college. And really we were just motivated by the fact that 
I had just gone through the process and there was a need there that I had a wonderful advisor. I had great support and resources, but there was still a need to understand how to go through the process of choosing where to apply, actually applying and doing that successfully. So that was the need that we filled. And then it really grew from there uh, and and evolves pretty quickly um, to where we were then coaching students. And now we offer our D exam prep and career support. So that was was, the first part was just around getting that team, having um, Katie and then our web developer and making it happen. Very cool. Love it. Um, And I think you and I have so many similarities. It's uncanny that, um, but one of them is around, we just talked about it, uh, attending the Academy's um, Fincy um, back in San Diego. I don't remember what year that, what year was that? Do you remember? I, I, I'm guessing like 2012, but I can't remember 2012 or 2013. No, it would have been before that because I started oh, oh. Dietitian Connection 10 years ago this year. So it must have been 2009, 2010. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But Jack Canfield was the, the keynote presenter that year. And uh, he talked about his book, The Success Principles, which you and I both love. So I think it had a, as a profound impact on you as it did me. So tell me more about what you learned from Jack and, and that book and how that inspired you to, to do what you're doing now. Yes, Katie uh, recommended that to me and we both read it. She had read it before, but she read it again when we were in that summer when we were starting. And this would have been the summer of 2008 after I graduated. And then we kind of launched uh 2009. I don't even know now. <laughs> uh, 2009, I think. Uh, and the the book i had never read any self help book or self improvement or any sort of like life professional skills type book before that this was the first one and i just could not believe you know it set up like lessons like 70 plus lessons or some principles obviously and i could not believe i was learning these things for the first time like they were life changing it wasn't just here's here's like what you should do. It was how to do it in this really easy to apply way that again, I never had gotten that information before. And I think like when people have goals or they want to make changes or do something new, they're really just stuck on, they don't know how to do it. And I think this book for starting a business or just starting your career in general gives such good, tangible information on how to actually do it and give the stories and like the examples so that you can then get inspired on how to actually implement it in your life. I think for me, it was just getting that, that manual of how to do it that made all the difference. Yeah. So if you haven't read it out there listening, um, it's a must do. You must go out and buy it today. <laughs> I, have, I have three copies. Two of them are signed, which is hilarious. So I don't really like touch those. Um, one my brother got for me when he knew that I loved it. And then another was at Fincy. I, I got it signed after his session. And then the third, I actually is the one I read or like open up or, or use as a reference. So yeah. It's, it's so tell really us how, how you got that signed copy at Fincy. Right. So when he uh, in in the book, actually, he talks about this principle around um, going after like taking action to get what you want. Right. And I think in the book, he explains how he would hold up at a conference, he would hold up a hundred dollar bill and then he would be like, who wants it? And then he would reward whoever like ran up to stage and just grabbed it. He would give them the hundred dollar bill. And so I knew that. And then at, at Fincy, he 
put up like a stack of his books and he's like, who wants these books? <laughs> and we had just sat in the front row and I was like, oh my gosh, he's doing it. And I ran up right away and was like, I'm grabbing those books and I got them. And uh, I certainly had an advantage being in the front row, but, um, but that was just a really great lesson that he teaches around. You just have to go after, you just have to take the action to get it. It's all right there for you, whatever that it is. Um, but that was, that was how uh, I got his books there. And then we, we waited in line and talked to him after the the session. Yeah. So it's all about just taking that first step, actually making mm-hmm. action. Yeah. Did he have any tips or did you get any information in that little chat or was it? Well, we, there was quite a story around this. So it was me okay. and three, four other dietitians. We formed this mastermind in our, uh, because in the book, he says to form a mastermind. And so we, we did, and it kept us accountable to our goals and what we wanted to do. We were all new dietitians, but he, uh, he ended up, we wrote him a letter and we had him sign the letter. His letter was the letter we sent was about how we wanted him to be us to be featured in his next book. And then we were like, we were interviewed then for some book about how people that have used the success principles, uh, how they used it and how they succeeded in it. So it, we talked about that um, when we, we talked in our, the title was reject rejection because we weren't going to get rejected from him, <laughs> which is another principle. Oh, so great. He would love that. That's fantastic. And yeah. do you still have that mastermind? You know, I keep up with each of them individually, but we, it lasted about three years and then we, we are, we're pretty good within our careers. And that was, that was kind of it, but I, they're wonderful friends. And, you know, that's one of the, one of my favorite things about the field is the friends that you can make um, within it. So. For those who aren't familiar with masterminds, can you just give a, a short synopsis and suggest why people might do that? Sure. So masterminds, uh, they can just be created, you know, on your own to where you're just finding maybe four to six people that you can meet with on a regular basis, share ideas, you know, have meetings, hold each other accountable. It's kind of like peer coaching in a way um, to where, you know, no one needs to have any sort of credential or anything, but it's just having that sounding board. And I think with, with entrepreneurs, especially like that could be very very helpful, or even in a corporate situation where you don't want to talk to maybe your boss or a coworker about something, you can talk to your mastermind group. It's just a great way to get more help and more perspective. Yeah. And if you are an entrepreneur, it's often a, a solo, lonely journey. So it's nice to have some other support systems in place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly when, when, which is my next question. So over the years, you, you did receive some resistance and criticism when you first started um, all access internships, at, as we also did at Dietitian Connection. Um, so, you know, any anytime you're standing out and doing something different, I think you, you're going to be faced with that. So what were some of the challenges you had to overcome in your career and how did you, how did you do that? We did. We, we had some, uh, some pushback just because, you know, I was a student. So what credibility did I have to be someone that was advising or kind of doing the role of a DPD director or something? So, I mean, you know, it was just, it wasn't bad, but it was just, there wasn't a lot of buy-in from, from educators right away uh, that, that we dealt with. And it was a really, really good lesson at the beginning to be like, just focus on who you're helping and focus on that audience. We know that students love this. We're getting overwhelming uh, positive feedback from them. So let's just focus on that not let, let them stop us um, from doing something that we want to do. I will say then, on the other hand, we learned some really good lessons around 
how we communicated about the company or how we maybe changed how we spoke to directors versus students, right? Like I remember a, a director uh, or an educator sort of catching me on using too informal of email uh, etiquette. And I was like, she's right. You know, I, I'll take that that feedback. And it was because I was 21. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. So I, I was learning and I was getting that kind of feedback. Um, some was things we didn't need to pay attention to and other things were were helpful lessons along the way. Um, but but yeah, and then and then even um, there were certain aspects of the business that that we did we did have good discussions with educators on and realized it it wasn't we, we were going to change you know what we were going to offer. So overall, I think uh, from Jack Canfield, success principles. I think he says or he has a quote in there like feedback is the breakfast of champions, and uh, we were as long as we were open to the feedback, professional, you know those those were all things that we made sure and. Uh, it, it all worked out obviously. And I have great relationships with educators now, but yeah, that was just the bumpy, the bumps in the road um, yeah. initially. And did you find um, using mentors or talking to anyone during that period was helpful? Like it seems like Julie was a real mentor for you along the way. How important do you think mentors play in the role um, in RDTB's, you know, starting out? Oh, absolutely. A huge role with the different areas of my career. Like I had a men- I had a couple of mentor educators, people that just kind of saw what was going on, were ready to, to answer questions. I, I remember some of our early uh, mentors were, were writing like two, three pages of feedback, like all really, really helpful, like taking time out of their day to help us and support us. And so, yeah, that was insanely valuable. And then with Julie, she definitely taught me a lot about even just sports nutrition as a, as a science and how to talk to athletes or how to build rapport. It's all that like real world application that you want to get out of a mentorship. Um, you want, you really want to know like, okay, you know, the information, but how does this really play out in, in a real world setting? And that's what we, we got a lot of value from. And then what I got a lot of value from, from a mentor. I think I always talk about the soft skills. So like we know all the nutrition information, but it's the soft skills, like how do you establish that rapport? You know, how do you frame your email so they they look professional? All of that sort of stuff that no one actually teaches you, which I think is what you're saying about Jack's book is this is stuff that people don't teach you. We actually need to know about. So yeah, mentors can really help in that space of um, teaching those, those soft skills and blind spots, I, I find as well, you know, you're not actually aware of something that you might be doing that, you know, isn't being perceived positively or yeah. Absolutely. And to anyone that mentors dietetic students, sometimes I think they're not as uh, honest as they could be with the feedback, right? Like there needs to be a very clear, I'm here to give you feedback, even if it's uncomfortable. I know that happens in the internship or supervised practice, but the more we can do that to younger dietitians, just like I, I was given that they're just going to accelerate their success by giving that feedback and helping them change those habits or, or do things differently in the real world, the sooner, the better. So how do you think people can become more comfortable? Because, you know, it is, it is an uncomfortable space. Is there things that you've used or yeah, any tips on that? There are frameworks for giving feedback or having those uh, conversations. I, I, can't think off the top of my head besides I think crucial conversations is a is a book I love that book too Mm -hmm. and and then there's just templates of how you might uh, give it I know there's the sandwich method with positive negative positive uh, but then also kind of that motivational interviewing or counseling like 
asking the the dietitian how do you or the student how do you think you did like what do you think you done better like kind of pulling it out of them to reflect on their work or how they're handling a situation that could be some of the of the best like consultative consult or coaching that you could do just to get people to stop and reflect on what what it is they're doing and if it is the best um, approach. Yeah. And I think, as you said, being open to feedback and what Jack's message was, you know, feedback is the um, breakfast of champions. I think keeping that in mind is really helpful. Exactly. Yeah. And people need to have that, that sort of uh, the fact that it's not personal and that they, there's a little bit of mindset you need to have around, you do want to get better. So this is a good thing. The faster you can get this feedback, the better. There's just like a a perspective that people need to have on mind and feedback as well. Is there anything you do personally to ensure you continue to grow and develop? Well, I do have a business coach who I think has been a tremendous part of my growth and can, again, help with the blind spots or help with um, areas that I can improve with leadership, especially as my business keeps growing. I think the more people I have, the more I need to learn how to lead those different personalities and people with different strengths and weaknesses. So the bit, my business coach has been wonderful and I've been working with him for the last, we're going on year four now. And so it's, he's been able to see me grow and uh, be able to keep pushing me to not, to not settle or to not like slow down anything, but to keep developing those skills. I highly recommend multiple mentors and multiple coaches. I also have a business coach for many, many years. Yeah. Very important. Um, are there any particular personal attributes or habits that you think you do that might contribute to your successes? So anything you routines, you know, people have the morning routine or any, um, anything that you think might've might help. I think there's a little bit of fearlessness that I have that really from kind of comparing myself, I have some friends who are trying to start businesses now and, you know, trying to build that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and I've, I find like their level of fear is so high and I never really had that. And I've just developed it to where it's never come, come back. Right. But I think that's, that's been huge. Like I don't have any fear of failure. Even if I do fail, I think it's a great thing. I fail like quickly and then learn and then move on. So there's just a, I think the fearlessness has helped me a lot because we've done a lot of different things with all access. It's been 13 years. Like we've had products that have completely failed. We've done, you know, position coaching uh, in a way that didn't work. And, you know, even when I was just starting my business coach, I, my whole financial model was wrong. I didn't know anything about finances or how, how I was going to make a, a profit. So I think, and I, but it never like deterred me. I never was like, oh, I can't do this. I can't figure this out. Or I'm scared to fail. I just powered through. So I think that's been the most helpful for my success so far. Uh, Another book, you've probably read it as well as feel the fear and do it anyway. (laughs) Susan Cain. So that's another great one for people to read. If if you um, still have some fear in your life. (laughs) right? You have to be really comfortable with fear. I guess it's not fearless. It's just comfortable with fear. Yeah. And being able to take those rejections and failures. And I think they say, you know, most successful entrepreneurs have had multiple failures. Absolutely. (laughs) But they're not really failures. They've led on to other successes and opportunities that you've learned from. Exactly. And then it's the consistency. I think that, I think those have to be combined. Um, I never stopped working on all access in all these years. Right. And it wasn't even until four years uh, ago that it was full time for me. So in those nine years prior, 
it was always something I was choosing to do outside of any other job I had or whatever else I wanted to spend my time on. So I think that too, just the consistency of it is, yeah. is what it takes in the time. The same. I um, worked part-time for many, many years before going full-time. So maybe t- tell us a little bit about that transition. Cause I think that's a really hard step for some people too. When do you make the jump and um, but it's also important not to jump too quickly and make sure you've got, you know, some financial um, backing behind you before you do transition over. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that played out for you? Sure. It was kind of a mess, to be honest, but I was in a full-time job at, at one point, I didn't mention, but for like two and a half years, really to, to pay the bills because I couldn't figure out all access uh, model. I mean, I was making some money, but definitely not enough to uh, be my main source of income. And so it was when I realized I needed to get a business coach. Otherwise, this is kind of like a make or break. Even though I knew it was going to work out, I was like, well, I have to do something big here. So I need to get this business coach. And um, within a few months of him of working with him, he helped me with my financial models, the margins, the pricing, the offers right away to where it was actually a financial model that would work and would get me to that full-time salary eventually. And so it was from doing that, I tripled my price to this, like the package that really is what it is now to where then I got enough people to sign up for that. And then that was it. And I was able to take, you know, take that revenue that was going to pay my bills for the next year. And I was able to have that space then to leave the job, go all in on the the business and then I was at that point when I left my full-time job, did all access full-time, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do all access. And then I ended up getting the Chicago Cubs job like three months after that. So I took that a very part-time job just as like backup. And then the same thing with the Bulls. The Bulls have always been a dream job. And like, I'm always going to take that in any <laughs> repeat of this life that I would have, like I would always take that, but it is part-time and so I can do both. And then that was really, that's really been the best part for me. I think it's repeating the key messages we've already talked about is that, again, we don't get taught the financial parts. I mean, to our dietetics degree necessarily. So not thinking that we have to know everything either and seeking out external advice through mentors that can, you know, quickly, very quickly change the situation that we're in, you know, so seeking out advice when you need it to make a quick difference. Mm-hmm. And right. And knowing that the return on investment is always there if yeah. you put in the work and um, take it really seriously. And I think that the way it's set up and I see why business coaches are so successful, you know, they're attracting people who are ready to do that and ready to do the work. It will pay for itself times X many, you know, multiples because uh, it, there's just so much power in that knowledge. And then to be able to, to apply it is uh, it's like life-changing literally. So. Yeah, I think that's another important takeaway is a lot of people I find see it as a cost and you mm-hmm. actually need to see what the return on investment is going to be. And like you said, it's it's multiples. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, whatever you can do to find that investment to to pay for it is totally worth it. Mm-hmm. There's a good book. Uh, well, she wrote You Are a Badass, Jen Sincero, but then she wrote a one that I thought was even better, which was her money one, like You Are a Badass at Making Money. There was some really interesting like great stories, great like tidbits about how she justifies even very short-term like credit card debt or, you know, things that are just not the normal money rules and doing it in such a way that 
it is worth it. It is worth the risk of, of taking that debt or whatever to make that happen. So. I don't know, you're a bit younger than I am, but um, it might still have been the case when you started, but, you know, this wasn't a traditional career path for dietitians to go out and, you know, start their own companies, um, you know, 10 years ago when you started, or, you know, 13 years ago. Um, but there's so many opportunities for dietitians these days to, you know, create their own opportunities, especially with the world being so small now, being global, the internet, what do you see as the opportunities for RDs to be in the, in the future? Well, I, I mean, there's definitely many job opportunities now. We're seeing food brands hiring more dietitians and dietitians starting their own businesses and practices like that. That's just been accelerating like crazy. I think for me, one, one area that I want to see be better with our field is even just people knowing what a dietitian is. Like, I know we've come a, a decent way already, but like, gas pedal to the floor. Like we need to get everyone to know who a dietitian is, get more people in the field, grow the field. I feel like there should be 10 times more dietitians, uh, if not more in our, in our field. And I think that there's power in those numbers in making this a more, even more impactful profession. So, you know, is it the opportunities for dietitians to recruit people to the fields um, or to, you know, create this amazing career that then attracts other people to want to become a dietitian? Like, I think that's, that's what I would love to see in the next 10, 20 years. And I do think we're seeing it. I get very excited about TikTok and other, you know, big platforms where we're seeing dietitians, a lot of the newer ones um, in the US anyways, that are getting on there 23, 24 years old, and they're, you know, screaming from the rooftops that I'm a dietitian and this is what I think. And this is, you know, follow me for nutrition tips. And they're getting like millions and millions of views. Like this is huge for our profession. And I'm hoping people will, maybe it's not just TikTok, but just take advantage of how can we just build on this momentum of knowing people knowing what a dietitian is and getting more dietitians in the field and more diverse dietitians, of course, too. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and like you, our vision at Dietitian Connection is really to, you know, elevate dietitians as the go-to people for nutrition. Uh, I don't think we're quite there yet. We've got a little ways to go. And our mission is to actually how can we support dietitians to do that and have great impact. So, yeah, we definitely need more dietitians out there on all those new platforms in the media and, yeah, as you said, singing from the rooftops. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what would be your number one tip for someone starting out? And, you know, how can they stand out? How can they make a mark on the world? There's a lot to be said about researching the field and exploring all of the different areas. I think people think there's only a couple different options or ways they can go, but the more time you spend trying to look on LinkedIn or Instagram, or um, we have a free ebook actually uh, called Dietitian Dream Jobs that showcase all these different areas that dietitians can work in. We even have like TikTok dietitian in there. Um, but I think that the sooner you research and you figure out what you're at least to start, like, what do you want to do in the first five years? Maybe you don't stick with it your whole career, but what do you want to do and what can you really get into and then start to get experience in that area? I think the sooner you do that, the better. I hear from way too many students who maybe don't get a lot of experience or maybe it's pretty general and then they go to apply to their first job and they have nothing, you know, they have a, a dream job in mind, but they have nothing, uh, no experience related to it. So, you know, your, your journey to that wonderful job starts when you're a student for sure. 
And All Access Dietetics has so many great resources for RDB, RD2Bs. Can you just sort of outline all the different things that are available to them and where they go? Sure. So our website, allaccessdietetics.com, is the best uh, place to start. And there is a tab on the menu for free resources. So you can go through all of the different uh, toolkits and webinars and handouts and things that we give for free to students. We we kind of play in the area of application resources and then the RD exam resources and then career uh, like specialty. So we have things on clinical, sports nutrition, geriatrics, uh, counseling, and a few others that I think are really helpful for people that just want to get more confidence in any of those areas. And then we do have one-on-one coaching for our admissions coaching program called Get Matched Coaching. If anyone is applying to internships or graduate programs in dietetics, and then we have exam uh, tools. We have a study guide binder, uh, class recordings, tutoring to help support people through that as well. Yeah, I think I said to you, you know, I did the RD exam. I moved from Australia to the US uh, back in 99. And I I think I might have been the first year to do it online from memory. Um, But it would have been great to have, you know, such a resource to to help with the RD exam because I was really difficult for me because I had to transfer um, like Celsius to Fahrenheit and, um, you know, elementary school. I had to know what year that was. And yeah, just all the stuff it would you guys wouldn't need to worry about that but I had to do all this additional translation <laughs> it's already hard enough so to have that as the icing on the cake yeah it's um I shouldn't even call it a cake it's not very very fun but it's uh it, it definitely has changed and COVID has impacted the pass rates I think and people aren't getting as as quality of experience not everyone but there's definitely a portion of people whose rotations were canceled or they didn't get that on the job training that really is needed to form the critical thinking and the clinical judgment to pass that exam. So that's where we're trying to help remediate that and make that a little bit easier with our, like our solution, which I think is much different than what's, what's available already. So it's, it's, uh, it's really rewarding to be able to just create those solutions for these problems because it is stressful. It is confusing to become a dietitian and we're just here to make it a lot easier and help people feel more supported through that. Mm. Yeah. So if you haven't already, please go to allaccessdietetics.com. There's so many great resources out there. And a final question for you, Jenny, you know, and maybe we've already talked about it with your Jack Canfield story, but what's the funniest or weirdest or best moment, you know, what, what would be a standout sort of career moment for you? I did have a milestone moment mm-hmm. uh, when I, I was hired by the Chicago Cubs in 2016 to run their minor league nutrition program. So I had already done Blackhawks for four years as their assistant. And then I did two years with the food company just in between. And then I quit all access or I quit my full-time job, did all access full-time. And then I got this Cubs job. So that's the timeline, the quick timeline, but it was 2016. I started the job, uh, went to spring training, you know, whatever, turns out this is the year that the Chicago Cubs are going to win the world series. So I was a part of the world series team, which they had broken the longest drought of a world series ever. I think I should know this off the top of my head. I think it was a hundred and hundred and eight, no hundred and something years. Oh Oh, gosh. Now my mind is, I don't remember, but the best thing ever was that I got a world series ring as a result. And so I have a world series ring, a Chicago Cubs world series ring, with my name on it, 
Uh, and, you know, at the time, right when I, when I, when they won, that was exciting. And that was in November. And then it wasn't until like December that I knew I was going to get a ring. Um, I, I thought I would maybe, but I wasn't sure. Then I, I got it. And then it was distributed in April. And it was like, I turned 30 or something and then got this ring. I was single at the time. And it was like, this is the ring I wanted at 30. Like This is the one that I, it was just like this fun moment, like kind of being like, wow, I, I got a ring at 30, but it wasn't the ring that I thought it's like so much better. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I was able to spread a lot of joy with it. I had like family and some friends that were diehard Cubs fans that, you know, I had my uncle uh, who has the same last name as me be like, you know, I'm so glad you didn't get married at that because now, you, you know, our name is on it. <laughs> Just those little moments. Obviously, I'm in like a wonderful relationship now. All is good. But at the time, it was like just this really powerful moment. And like, I was just really glad that I was able to experience that, be a part of it. And what was it like on the day, like with the team? And what was that? That's a, that's kind of the bummer is um, I didn't travel with the team. Only the head dietitian. Uh, traveled and then I just worked all like the games at home so they ended up winning on the road so I did not I was not there unfortunately but I was able to be a part of like the celebration and everything after yeah so yeah but it's still I mean it it was extremely memorable and I I remember a lot of my friends were going to watch it in bars or restaurants or whatever in Chicago it was a very big deal but I was like I'm going to my parents so that I can hear everything so I can like fully like not miss a single thing and that's so I was at my parents with my with them watching and yeah. seeing them in, so I'm the same we have rugby league here in Australia and I I must be at home where I can listen right. <laughs> I cannot go anywhere and not here <laughs> oh yeah and like just be totally zoned in and try to stay calm but yeah it was uh just the whole from the point of them winning to actually getting the ring that was and then being able to share it with people and I still you know, come across people where I can like show it to them and they're, they almost are in tears just being able to see that. So that's just been something that, yeah, I was able to like give, give that joy to other people. Yeah. And where do you keep the ring? Do you keep it under lock and key? <laughs> right. I don't tell anyone where I keep it, <laughs> but uh, it is safe. It is insured. And uh, I'm, I'm very careful with it for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. something I'm not, not going to lose. No. Oh, what a fantastic memories and so early in your career. So yeah, congratulations on all you've done. I just think it's so impressive, you know, starting as a young dietitian at 21, you know, before you were even dietitian um, and creating this amazing, successful business that's helping so many RDTBs, you know, hats off to you. Congratulations. It's an amazing success story. So I know there's been a lot of failures along the way, but <laughs> that's <laughs> contributed to, yeah, uh, you know, wonderful organization that's helping many people. So thank you for what you do for the profession. Um, thanks for being part of our Dietitian Connection podcast today and look forward to hopefully seeing you at FINCI. Um, I don't think it's going to be this year, but maybe next year. Yes. Thank you for having me and for all your kind words. It's it's really a dream to be able to, to help people every day uh, to enter a field that I has given me so much joy and, and um, value that I just want more people to be a part of it. So thanks for everything you do as well for the field. Yeah. Thanks, Jenny. Talk soon. To get all of the links and resources we discussed in this episode, you can go to dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts.
And if you'd like to support the Dietitian Connection podcast, please leave a review and a rating on the Apple Podcasts app. Tell us what you thought of this episode, what you learnt, and share your guest requests for us to consider for future episodes. We value hearing from you and we really appreciate your feedback. So please, please hit that review button.